Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek. <sighs> Man, what do I have for dinner? Food. That's what I That forgettable, huh? <laughs> That's what I ate. Food. 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 <laughs> um, you know what you should say to that? What? Because you forgot what dinner, what dinner you had, and I was the one who made dinner, so, you know, I guess fuck my cooking. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, not fuck your cooking. That'd be totally weird if I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you should say... What madness have I spoken? <laughs> Wherein lies my senility? <laughs> that's that's what I that's what I thought when I bit into that tomato uh, sausage, Italian sausage. That what it is? Yeah. Dish. <laughs> Dish. <laughs> that's what I. That's definitely the quote I was thinking about <laughs> when I uh, spoiled a show for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I pre- <sighs> See that's my that's me leaving because he spoiled something for me. You, you spoiled a major plot point in down in Dun Dun Abbey. Dun yeah, and I'm like, this is the end of our relationship. That's it. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> until until we actually end it, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal. That's two e's in real, and the Real Appeal at gmail.com is where you can email us. Um, if you could please review us on iTunes, then we will get noticed. And our segments for this week's show are the news, our recent review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, a variety time where, you know, markets blackmailed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our geriatric cinematic of Ran. Uh, and Mark, what's the topic? Uh, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. Unfortunately, like, not for the folks over in the movie Rad, not the, the, how do you say, the Ichiwata family or whatever? I think it's Ichimoji. Yeah, the Ichimoji family. Woo! Ooh, can't wait to talk about that movie, that 1985 fucking brilliant film. <laughs> um, good thing we're talking about it today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you want to get into the news? Yeah, um, so Patty Jenkins um, criticizes uh, streaming services. Uh, her quote was, you know, they're fake looking. Um, so the woman, Wonder Woman director had shared her stance on the box office movies they've been on streaming service. This happened at uh, this year's CinemaCon. Um, she said, uh, quote, uh, aren't you seeing in all the films that streaming service are putting out? I'm sorry, they look like fake movies to me. Uh, she continued on and says i don't hear about them i don't read about them it's not working it's not working as a model for establishing legend legendary greatness side note it's funny how she said legendary greatness because james gunn had when um suicide squad had got released he essentially said movies don't become legendary through the theater they become legendary through television mm. or like rental after like repeat viewing gotcha so i don't know something i feel like there, like, there are lots of films um, that don't, like, there are, I think, four films or something mm-hmm. that Alfred Hitchcock, mm-hmm. nobody knew about them until 
I think the eighties when things came out on VHS. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't until like yeah until like rental and stuff like that that Hitchcock Hitchcock really. I mean, he was famous like at the time, but like he didn't really blow up to like how we just love Hitchcock films until like the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so the director said uh, she continues to say, um, "I don't think." Um, and she's referring to Wonder Woman 1984, plays the same on streaming ever. I'm not a fan of day-and-date day uh, release, and I hope to avoid it forever. Um, she goes on, I make movies for the big screen experience. So, Kelsey and I had, we had actually discussed about this fairly like soon before we started recording. Um, I'm of the mind of, that's kind of a fucked up thing for her to say, mm-hmm. because there are well-known directors who are getting into the streaming game. Martin Scorsese is one of them. Steven Spielberg, who, like, a couple of years ago said, you know, is streaming service even, is movie streaming even, like, real movies? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, producing stuff for, like, Apple TV now. Gotcha. Um, what's his name? Homeboy who did uh, Roma. Um, what's his name? Uh, Alfon- Alonzo Cuaron? Yeah, Alfonso Cuaron. His film Roma was nominated for an Oscar. There have been several streaming uh, platforms that have, uh, not platforms, movies that have been streaming that's been nominated for awards. Amazon, uh, I think Amazon Studio has like several mm-hmm. fucking like Oscars in, under their belt. Right. So, like, like kind of like what the fuck are you getting at? <laughs> um, I also think it's interesting that Wonder Woman 1984 didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of comparing it to other like mm-hmm. other things that stream yeah i honestly so like my 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 whole situation on day day and date like releases they can kind of go back and forth it, it really depends on like what i want to see in theaters and shit like that mm-hmm. for example like one room in 1984 uh it's definitely not going to see it in theaters um particularly because you know we weren't vaccinated yeah, and I think, and, and I believe the theaters were still closed. There was like, I know there was a drive-in, and Kelsey and I attempted to watch two movies at the drive-in uh, that were like recent release. One was uh, what that fucking X-Men movie that we saw, New Mutants. There you go. And <laughs> <laughs> that recently came on my timeline. Oh, did it? <laughs> um, that and Tenet. Yeah. Um, did not enjoy the experience. <laughs> no. Uh, but like other movies that I I am looking forward to seeing in theaters, Dune. Dune seems like a, a, a spectacle of a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably would have if Shang Chi was like streaming or if it was in theaters. I think I would have still gone and seen it in theaters because that's a Marvel movie. And like I didn't do it for Black Panther, and I see that I feel the difference. You didn't you didn't do it for Black Panther? Uh, I'm sorry, not Black Panther. Uh, Black Widow. Oh, oh. No, I meant Black Widow. That's what I mean by that. Uh, but, like, her... I think I'm kind of going off point. Um, but her saying, like, it's fake movie, that's kind of... I think... I don't know. That, I think that's real bullshit what she's saying. I don't... So, I don't think... I don't know if I'm just reading it differently, but I think what she's saying is pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. And also, the whole fake movie thing. It's harsh, and how she says it is harsh, but I'm... If I'm going to make it my own, I'm going to say, like, they don't do enough, like, advertising for things or, like, mm-hmm. 
So it does kind of feel a lot like the mask versus the son of the mask. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's hard if you don't get people to know that you're releasing something. Are they going to watch it? Like, do they have to watch it? You know. Yeah. Um, other than that, everything else she said was bullshit. Also, like this this whole thing is not this, this isn't completely unfamiliar. Like there have been ton there there have been a ton of movies released in the theaters, like pre pandemic, released in the theaters. The marketing was just not there, or mm-hmm. it was just like oh, it's gonna be a couple theaters here and there and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I think that's that it re- really depends on the studio about how much money they want to shell out to like advertise the fuck right. out of this. Also, you know, that's kind of fucked up for her to say, especially like now it's it not entirely safe to go out to the theater. I mean we. People are vaccinated. Some people are vaccinated, but not enough to like bring back how things were. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, like I had said this to Kelsey earlier, like these studios, they're gonna go where the money's at, and the money seems to be in streaming right now. People feel safe. They would much rather prefer sitting in front of their TV with their family, without having to shell out like what, like fifty dollars for like four people or something like that. Plus, like that's cheap. I know, but I did, but this is like two adults and two kids. Like this, like fifty, fifty two and fifty three dollars or something like that, mm-hmm. and that's not including like snacks and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she even she said she said at one point, um, not in this article, but during like uh, still doing the CinemaCon thing about like oh maybe like a studio they just need like one studio that like stick their neck out and to like go only theatrical and stuff like that let's say a studio does do that they're gonna fucking like uh go bankrupt because mm-hmm. not everybody is going to the movies right now also um you made a good point earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking that it's interesting that she says that she doesn't want to do day and date mm-hmm. but she's working with disney yeah she's working with disney that we don't- and they're and they do that yeah exactly yeah like we don't know what they're doing with rogue squadron uh, who knows what's going to happen? You know, within a year or two, we might be on the lockdown again. Um, Especially since we have the new, not the Delta variant. Oh, the Mew variant. The, yeah, the Mew variant. Yeah, the new Pokemon vari- variant. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I don't the know. The next one will be Mew two. No, I think the next one will be Squirtle. Squirtle. War, War turtle. War turtle. Squirtle. <laughs> Coronavirus. Squirtavirus. Ew, that, <laughs> sounds that sounds gross. It's <laughs> leaking out all of your orifices or anything. It um, sounds like Ebola. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like... And, like, and, and, and I, I, like... Uh, I don't know. It's, it, at the same time, it's just like, yo... I'm sorry, Pat Jenkins, but you made you made Wonder Woman 1984. Like, there are a lot of stuff in that movie that does not look real, even on a big screen. Yeah, it's just like, ugh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fond of that comment that she said. Nope. No. So, what have we got next? Uh, Blade director Basam Tariq mm-hmm. says that his MCU movie isn't as strict with the comics uh, canon as other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so the director, so what has he done before I continue? He did, he did the, he did this movie that's coming out with Riz Ahmed. Actually, it's already out. It's out in limited releases, uh, with Riz Ahmed called like something Mowgli. 
Mogul, uh, Mogul Mowgli. Yeah, we saw a trailer for that. Mm-hmm. We and I was see. like, oh, that kind of looks kind of good. Yeah, yeah. From what I'm hearing, it's like really fucking great. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously Marvel, they're going to like, oh, this guy, we'll see what he can do. Right. Okay. So um, he came on to the project on onto Blade um, in July, hmm. and he's been giving some hint as to where he's going to take the film, um, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to be bogged down by the Marvel comic lore mm-hmm. so he said in an interview with gizmodo um what's so great is it's not as boxed in as i think people imagined it uh, imagine it to be which i thought it was but it's quite exciting and i think the reality is there's no blade canon in some comics his name is fred h blade you know instead of eric brooks unfortunately the runs never lasted that long and there have been some interesting and exciting waves but i can say the new movie is character first um yeah, like I'm off. Like it's funny how he says, uh, and people were kind of like they weren't really. I I, I don't want to say people were like the the chat I heard was they're giving him shit, but they're just like wait, like what? They're like perplexed by this. But if you think about it, Marvel's kind of doing the same thing. Like they're not entirely bogged down to like certain canons. Like they kind of like change things around. Mm-hmm. Like for example. Uh, the infinite. Okay, let's say for example the infinity. One of the infinity stones, right? Which mm. is like the mind stone, right? Let's say the mind stone. All right, the mind stone came in. Uh, not the mind stone. I forgot which one. It's, I'm drawing a blank right now. But like it came into what's it came into a cube, right? The tesseract, right? Mm-hmm. The tesseract and one of the infinity stones. It's something completely on its own. It's actually a cosmic cube and then something else. But they just were like, fuck it, let's mesh it together. Ah. Um, same thing goes for like Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character, like the father, is supposed to be the Mandarin, but his his name is really like Fu Manchu. Mm-hmm. But like they completely got rid of that character, and it was like, oh no, we'll just make him the Mandarin. So they're not exactly bogged down to like canon, canon like fully. And I believe they had and, well, and also they 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 kind of call him the Mandarin, but he doesn't really seem to hold on to that either. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, because, like, the mantra was, like, that character creation was, like, a racist stereotype and everything like that, so they, like, stepped away from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, with um, this, with, like, this, what what the director said, I can understand, especially especially with Blade, because, yeah, Blade doesn't have, like, a whole lot of runs in his comics. Like, I'm not a huge Blade comic book reader. I've, like, seen him in, like, like, in, in... like brought into like a comic book character's arc like someone else or like in a cartoon or the voice of science movies or whatever right but like seriously someone like tell me an arc a blade arc mm-hmm. like they can just think like that without like looking it up like really you know so he's just using this as like oh i have more of a sandbox to play in which is good because that's just about every single fucking thing that has come across yeah. like Iron Man was the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this, like I said, this allows whatever story he's going to do to better fit whatever the MCQ is going with. Mm-hmm. And of course, to keep people guessing. Right. Which is like great. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited about it too. Oh, I'm very excited about this movie. Like, Especially- they have a vampire? What? <laughs> yeah, they did mention that in, uh, what's it called? Loki. It's small mention. It's not spoiled. It's not something huge. It's like, people are like, what? I didn't watch Loki. It's been months. <laughs> Fuck, it's been months. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, are you done with that? Yeah. Okay, so 
a bit of a downer news, really downer news. Um, actor Michael K. Williams uh, was found dead today uh, at the age of 54. Michael K. Williams, whose roles is like The Wire, fucking Lovecraft Country, Lovecraft Country, um, Boardwalk Empire. He was in Twelve Years a Slave. He's been in like all this stuff. This was like a prominent actor, hella fucking good. He's been nominated for f- five Emmys. Oh and, yeah, When They See Us. Yeah, and When They See Us, yeah, he played one of the fathers in When They See Us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the reports came out that uh, New York Police Department found his body in his Brooklyn apartment. Um, the New York Post is reporting that like they found drug paraphernalia, but they haven't said exactly what it is. I saw it was heroin. I'm hearing see that's like, I'm hearing like that's a rumor on the New York Post. It was see New York Post is kind of like rag mag. Gotcha. So you got to be kind of careful with New York Post. Honestly, I don't care what. I think it's important to bring it up if that's what it is, because mm-hmm. I think there's so much stigma around it that people yeah. are willing to write people off if even if it is a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. Um people are so willing to like write it off as okay well he deserved to die or yeah, he was a piece so, of shit yeah they, and the thing, is, the thing is is like he's had like he's had drug issues in his past like he's he's a recovering addict mm-hmm. um and i read something that he had said in an in in an interview mm-hmm. i guess in like 2015 he was talking about how when he was on the wire um he ended up having to seek help from like a pastor in new jersey like he just walked into the church and was like i need help Hmm. because that show in particular kind of set him down that path yeah yeah i remember hearing about that um and like i said it sucks because like i said this dude is a phenomenal fucking actor 54 years old. i just listened to an interview with him on uh mark maron's podcast and he was like Despite what's going on in the world, he was like happy. He's like, man, I'm just trying to survive. I'm doing this. I'm taking care of my mom's. This is that. And all like he just, he seemed fucking cheery as fuck. And he wants to be. He wanted to be um, a positive influence. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make sure that his career was affecting people in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. I read that and I was like, all right, let me just go ahead and stop doing my homework for a little bit. I need to like process this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't really have another way of ending that. Other than, um, what do we got next? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next, we're going to do our recent review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. He's just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. Okay, oh cool, at least you know I made it. The cheese, the cool, the cheese, 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 the cheese
change my name. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. The master of unarmed weaponry based Kung Fu is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. Directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. It's also written by him and Dave Callahan and Andrew Lanham. Um, it stars Simu Liu, Tony Chu Wa Ling, Aquafina, Megar Zhang, and Michelle Yeoh. Thought I recognized her. Michelle Yeoh? Yeoh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You always say yo, so now, <laughs> yo, now I yo. say it. <laughs> I know that's the. I had a I had a bad habit of saying Michelle Yo, but it's it's Michelle Yao. I had to like correct myself. I'm like shit. <laughs> uh, where do you remember seeing her? She was the mom. I mean the aunt. Oh, I thought you're. I thought you were referring to as like you saw her in something else. No, I was like, oh, I thought that was her. No, no. Um, when we did Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh yeah, yeah. She played one of the, the librarians. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. We got a Marvel movie. I'm sorry. We have another Marvel movie. I'm not. I don't want to like completely push Black Widow on the side. You know, we're in phase. We're we're now officially in phase four now. Which is phase one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this movie. This movie was such a fucking treat to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I had went to a press screening for this movie. And normally when you go to press screening, there's like a, there's there's two moods. Either there's like, okay, we're just here. This is business. We're going to watch this. Or the other mood is like, hey, we're just kind of talking, joking. Because some, some of the people in the press, they just know each other and they interact and stuff like that. Me, I'm most, most, of, like, most of the time I sit in the back like, all right, nobody talk to me. I just want to watch my movie, write my notes, get the fuck out. Right? Mm-hmm. This movie started. That fucking Marvel logo came out with the music. Fuck it everybody started clapping because we were like <laughs> fuck yeah it's the marvel movie fuck yeah yeah <laughs> um and by the end of it i was like god damn people are gonna love this movie this movie is gonna be so and i was so pissed off because um it was like two weeks before it came out and i was like fuck i'm not gonna be able to see it for like another two weeks i have to wait until it actually comes out um did, but yeah. you didn't watch it again yet or you did um no i did end up watching it again uh, what's today? Saturday? Monday. Today's my, oh, Jesus, God, I'm getting, I'm getting lost in my shit. Uh, I did end up seeing it again on Saturday. Um, so, what did you, what did you think about this movie? Um, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Now, correct me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't you like kind of skeptical about this movie? I was. Okay, why? I, I want to know this part. I definitely want to know. Okay, well, because one, mm-hmm. I'm a white American. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, two. Did not notice. No, that's <laughs> um, there's so many movies that lack what rings true as far as culture is concerned. Mm-hmm. In in movies like this, um, and usually it's because it's got white writers behind it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I did not have a lot of faith that this would be great. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe it would be at least okay. Yeah, and at that time you didn't know that it, like that the cast, like the crew, was predominantly Asian, correct? Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. Um. So I was just like, okay, I was surprised because I expected it to be um, hollow. Oh, okay. And it wasn't. Yeah. So yeah. Um. 
yeah, like, yeah, this movie is like it's it. I I, I see. I don't, I'm not. I can't compare it to Black Panther. Other than that, this is like a in a way of a culture event because uh, this is like the first. Um, from what I can remember, this is the first superhero Asian-led movie. Mm-hmm. Like Black Panther. I mean, yeah, you could say like other, there have been other black superhero movies, but Black Panther was like a fucking event. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when Black Panther came out, it, theaters were crowded. You could not get a ticket. People were actually like walking around wearing their like dashikis and stuff like that mm-hmm. black panther like leather jackets froze out and everything like that i think if we weren't in the pandemic now i think the same thing would have gone um more would have gone the same for like shang chi or it would have been like a really like you would see like just people especially like people in the asian community just coming out in droves supporting this movie yeah um i think a friend of ours actually bought out a theater oh, to yeah. make share to make sure like her and her friends can see it without the dangers of getting sick or anything like that elsie yeah um so like the thing that one one i really love the story mm-hmm. it's like it take like it just this movie does where like marvel has has lacked in quite a few of their films they make you really sympathetic with the bad guy mm-hmm. and i read interviews that tony tony Liu he didn't come to this character he didn't come to his character win Wu as a villain he came more to him as like a guy who's grieving who's mm-hmm. like going through these issues and stuff like that right which i was just like all the more for it yeah like there was never a point where i was just like oh fuck that fuck that guy and everything i was just like yo dude i, I feel you i fucking feel that i feel that pain <laughs> um, i kind of disagree oh okay i feel like I did have sympathy for him at the end, mm-hmm. but most of the time I was like, "Yeah, fuck that guy." Oh, right. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I can say like one particular scene was like, "Yeah, fuck that guy," but that's more in the spoiler section. For me, it was always more like, "I don't really care if you're grieving or not. You're choosing really? certain family members over mm-hmm. other family members," mm-hmm. and to me, that's always like a no-no. Oh, okay. So I if gotcha. you're gonna do that, then fuck you. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Damn, I'm so cold. <laughs> you know, genocide. People commit genocide. You're just so cold towards them. Yeah. So. I, I don't like people who commit genocide, <laughs> unlike you, apparently. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm all with Thanos. You know, <laughs> half the population gone. <laughs> um, that's only as long as I'm part of that half. That's gone. Yeah. No, you gotta stick around. Why? I don't. I'm gonna be bored. I want you to stick around. <laughs> but I'll be back in like five years. Oh, that's too long. Then I'm going to replace you. It's going to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of the performance uh, in Shang-Chi? Amazing. Anybody in particular? Um, I'm going to say there's a couple of things. I always kind of roll my eyes whenever Aquafina is a part of anything because she's just always that side person who's... Mm-hmm. kind of annoying mm-hmm. she really wasn't annoying in this one she was the same person she usually plays but mm-hmm. um her black scent kind of like toned down a bit though yeah um so there was that i really actually enjoyed her character mm-hmm. um simu lu i really also enjoyed his character mm-hmm. he was able to carry the responsibility of the character really well mm-hmm um and then who else was there oh the um 
British actor. It was great. Uh, oh, Sir Ben, Sir Ben Kingsley. Uh-huh. Le- I mean, it's, it's Sir Ben Kingsley. I mean, shit. <laughs> that dude is. That dude can. Yeah, that dude can almost do. Like I said, he can almost do no wrong. He's done some bad stuff, but like everybody's done bad stuff. There is one um, scene in particular that really makes me like Tony Chua Lung mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. Um, because for how awful mm. of a villain, you know, like not awful as in bad acting, but awful as in like, like the character, like yeah. just the bad guy. Yeah. He was towards mm. like, towards the end, mm-hmm. he's able to get you with an emotional punch. Oh yeah. Um, like, and it feels so genuine. You're like, <gasps> yeah, that dude, like a lot of people, um, a lot of people are familiar with Tony Liu's work. Like I, I'm even like somewhat familiar with his, familiar with his work. Um, I just uh, over the weekend I saw this really great film from 2000 called In the Mood for Love, um, and he it, he co-stars with you know with uh, I forgot what the actress's name, but he's fucking phenomenal in that movie as well. Mm. And like I, I've seen him. He's like whenever. Like, I see him on screen, but when I look at his IMDb, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in this, I've seen him in that, I've seen him in that, and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with the, the Tony Liu, uh, his, his acting and everything that was going on in this movie. Um, Sh- Shimu Liu, that dude is charming as fuck. Really? Like, I'm watching him in Kim's Convenience. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not in the show so much in the fifth season. But like while watching him, and like I, I like I just I started watching it because I, uh, I heard it was a good show, and I was like, all right, let me see what this dude's about. And like while I'm watching, it, I'm like, I get it, I get why Marvel picked this particular person. This this person can be like funny and serious, and apparently can do action as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think he was a great choice for like Shang Chi. You want to hear what I found out about this movie earlier today? Sure. Uh, so apparently. <laughs> Stanley had attempted to make a Shang-Chi movie back in like the 90s. Uh-huh. I think like late 80s, early 90s. He had approached Brandon Lee to play Shang-Chi. Really? Yeah, and he had talked to it was he had talked to uh it was this article I found uh actually this article that was sent to me from inverse.com it's called uh, Stanley tried to make a Shang-Chi movie starring Bruce Lee's son. Um so they so this the person had interviewed uh, the former boss, uh, Stanley's former boss, Margaret uh, Loshesh, I think it is. She was six years uh, president for six years at and CEO at Marvel Productions. Um, he said uh, she said that Stan believed did believe in the character. He used that as an example of a comic that could transition into the movie and television. Um, oh, that's a weird buzzing. Though. I don't know. What is that? <laughs> I have no idea okay, what that right, is. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but what happened was, like, it never got off the ground because, like, um, they, like, I guess they try to, I guess Stanley tried to bring this into, like, a, a TV show. Mm-hmm. But, like, studios were like, oh, it might be, like, too violent or whatever. Or, like, they couldn't, like, really do do that. You know, but they could do, La Femme, like, Nikita or whatever. Oh, the film, the film Nikita TV show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did do that. 
<laughs> my mom was all about that show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I one, I'm glad that didn't happen. Like, granted, I love I love Brandon Lee. Like, I thought that he was a phenomenal actor. I think he would have been great as an Iron Fist. Mm. Um, but like Shimu Lu as Shang Chi was like a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, especially like how he's able to like hold up with the action. Like the action is fucking phenomenal. Mm. Like it's. It starts off pretty badass, like in San Francisco, and it just constantly, like, kind of, it just kind of like keeps picking up. Well, not not take that back. It doesn't keep picking up. They do this thing where like it's like great action scene, and then like little action scenes here and there mm-hmm. that still makes it cool, and then that huge ass spectacle at the end of the movie mm-hmm. that was like, holy shit, am I watching like a Dragon Ball movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, anything you got to say about the direction from uh, uh, Destin Lynn Critton? I liked the direction a lot. There wasn't, I don't think there was any part where I was like, this is too slow. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't understand this. Yeah. Um, it, it all was smooth. Um, they made sure visually everything made sense. Um, actually, some of it was very stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a great job. This goes into my theory. It's a legit one. Uh, like like Berserk. That's a legit one, too. That Marvel, they only want to hire people who... They only want to hire independent directors who haven't proven themselves yet. Mm-hmm. So, before this, Critton had done Short Term 12. Another great film. Okay. You know, this is actually the dude who did Just Mercy. Mm. Yeah, I, I know, right? I know. However... He came at this and he was like, he like he had to prove something, mm-hmm. and I, he he proved that he is able to do like this big this type of big budget movie. I, like I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel was like, oh, he's coming back for like part two. Yeah, I, like 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 how, like how they did with Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Coogler's coming back for for the second Black Panther. They gotta bring Creighton back to do like a uh, second Shang Chi movie. Yeah. Um. Anything else before we get into spoilers? No? Are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so we're going to hop into the spoiler section. We're going to talk about Shang-Chi and Great Lens, you know, the whole spiel, blah, 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 blah kind of thing. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Hi. Hi. <laughs> We're back. I was flying again. Oh, yeah, you're doing the, the flappy arms kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Flap, 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 the flap, 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 flap. Okay, so um, Tony Liu, um, what were you saying about uh, particular, something that like brought you in? Um, towards the end, mm-hmm. when I think he's talking to Shang-Chi, mm. and he was like, like I have, she's the love of my life. Like, mm-hmm. it, you could tell he knew he was losing everything. Yeah, and all, all the anger was gone. It was just grief. Yeah, like he still couldn't wrap his mind around it. Was that the scene when they were at the the the, the what's called the Thalo? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that to me that was uh, an emotional punch because, mm-hmm. um. 
like I don't know I guess as someone who has lost a lot of people mm-hmm. <laughs> or never really had anyone yeah um it's kind of one of those things where you're like oh shit like he knew what it was to love someone yeah um yeah especially like I, see that, that that's why I'm already like sympathetic towards him much earlier in the movie um especially like the part where he's sitting down uh him and him and everybody are sitting they're sitting down having dinner and he's discussing like you know he's actually going like over his over his history like i i one i love the fact that like they finally get rid of that whole mandarin thing i love the fact because like i remember that was like one of the biggest complaints with iron man 3 people were like Oh, the Mandarin's not Ben Kingsley after all. It's Guy Pierce and all. Oh, fuck that. But that was like the biggest complaint I heard about that movie. Mm-hmm. Even though Iron Th- Iron Man Three is a great fucking film, right? Mm-hmm. And this one, they completely just like destroy the Mandarin thing. They're like, you know what? It's a fucking joke. Get the fuck over it. You know? Yeah. There's more important things to do, and people seem to forget that that was like a racist stereotype when it was first created in the comics. Well, even he, um, the character in this movie, was mm-hmm. like, "That's a chicken dish. <laughs> like, why would I want to be called?" Named after a chicken dish. Yeah, yeah. Or an orange or whatever. Like yeah. He was saying. yeah, exactly. But like that part where he was talking about how his um the 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 his his wife's name, which is Lee, played by um I gotta find the actress's name. I gotta give her respects as well. Uh she play oh, Fala Chen, who played Lee, the mother. Um, he that he, he was just like that was the reason I gave up the ten rings. Like I want to grow old, even though I've lived a thousand years and I've conquered all this stuff. This is the reason I want to live, or this is the reason why I wanted to um, get, take off the ten rings. And it's so heartbreaking that like that was like taken away from him. And at the same time, it's his own doing because of like the violence that he had like built up behind him. He couldn't use it. He couldn't. He couldn't like just. I mean, he could, but it's not like he could just drop it and be like, oh, yeah, we're all good and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. he came back and, like, you know, it just, like, his downfall was his own doing. Yes and no. I think my issue with him, mm-hmm. not issue as in it's a bad part of the movie. Yeah, but just a little thing you want to think about, yeah. He's so angry at everybody, and he mm-hmm. basically said... My wife is the only person in this world that matters to me. Mm-hmm. Not my wife died, and now these two children that share her DNA mm-hmm. with mine, like they're relying on me. No, that's yeah. Turn them into killers, and then mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like no, I get you. That's and that's the thing. That that's that's why that doesn't. I don't really have a problem with that because that's just like another form of grieving. He just doesn't. He didn't know how to direct it. All, like he's had a life of violence, so obviously he thinks that's going to be the answer. It's just to seek more violence. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking that maybe Lee definitely married beneath her. Oh, oh, one hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. Like. I don't feel sorry for him because he, like, I'm glad he got over that, you know, get out of that life and everything, but mm-hmm. you you can't just decide you're going to throw those changes away just because your wife dies. Like, yeah. you have children. Yeah. I understand if you don't have children with that person, but, mm-hmm. like, 
No. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't. I don't have sympathy then. Like, I understand it's a form of grieving, but it's a really shitty one. It's yeah, like having yeah. anxiety and depression and taking it out on everybody. Yes. That is correct. That's what he went through. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... No, no, no. I'm, to- I'm totally agreeing with you. I'm totally agreeing. Like I said, it's just... You know, I, I'm just seeing it at a, at a different angle than you are. I'm not, I'm not completely... I'm not like, no, you're wrong. And it's like, no, I totally see where you're coming from. It's just... I think yeah. I just have more respect for people who are mm-hmm. like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I'm going to kill everybody because I hate... Oh, I tell, I tell I have respect for people like that. I'm going to kill everybody. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, speaking of, like, speaking of issues, I, I do have an issue with a mother's death. Mm. Uh, not because it was, like, poorly made or anything. I just hate watching it. Oh, okay. Even like the second time I saw it, that scene was coming up, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Because I, I just hate, because it's just like, oh man, this part's really sad. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I felt so good watching this. I don't want to watch this sad ass part. <laughs> um, so, uh, gotta give Matt props to, uh, I think it's, her name is like Mildred Zhang, who played Shang-Chi's sister. This was actually her first movie. Really? Ever. Like, like she, like she's more known as a theater actor, mm. and you can definitely see it here. Um, ben Kingsley really has been known as a theater actor as well, but you know he goes, he goes back and forth. But like for her, uh, her first, her first big budget, her first movie, I think she did a good job as well. Um, especially like the, the like the aggression between her and Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Like I love that part where. Um, they well they see each other for the first time in like years in like that fighting ring mm-hmm. and then she like walks away and she like remembers like what he told her and everything like that mm-hmm. there's like a split second when, when like it comes back and it's such this great transformation to just like okay fuck this to like I'm gonna fucking kill this guy yeah. and it's like it's not done like <laughs> like wild it's just like oh I felt that anger. like I felt that kick there's so much hatred in that kick yeah <laughs> and I felt all that yeah. Um, so, one another thing that it's like like how I mentioned earlier, uh, the action's fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. This I love how um, I can't remember what was the stork the stunt choreographer or the fight choreographer's uh, name, but I love how Critton just let that camera just pan out and like let's just see the action, mm-hmm. let's see the punches and the kicks and stuff like that. Um, Especially like that part where they're fighting that that building that's under construction, the scaffolding. Yeah, yeah. And, but like, there's that really cool shot where Shang Chi is fighting that one person, and it's like all you see is the silhouette of their characters, mm-hmm. and you just see like every single punch thrown. That shit was fucking badass. I like how they use the scaffolding outside. Oh, like kind of swinging in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me find. I gotta. I gotta fight the fight choreographer. And then, and then there's the bus. The bus was like. Really fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, I, so usually it's just run of your run of the mill fighting. I don't know what it is about this one that makes it more special, but I feel like they use I don't know, like inertia or like mm-hmm. something more to their benefit. Brad Allen. That's a stunt choreographer. Was Brad Allen? Gotcha. Um, I actually have a bit of a a bit of an issue with that with the the bus scene because the effects they look a kind of they look a bit wonky. 
They did. Um, but it's still fucking cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they did this. There's this really dope-ass shot. Um, was it Brad Allen? They did this really dope-ass shot. Yeah, supervising choreographer was Brad Allen. They did this really dope, fucking dope-ass shot where, like, Shang-Chi does, like, this fucking, like, flying kick. Uh. One, it looked cool. But the second time, it was still funny because there was, like... Like, like you don't see him like gearing up to do it. He just like, wow, like just goes through it. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> That's almost like a flying kick from like Liu Kang. Just like, blah, like just yeah. kicked right in the face. <laughs> um, but the, uh, I, I, I had, I had no idea that they were going to. Um, oh no, no, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong person. Oh, the fight between. Um, Zhu Wenwu mm-hmm. and the mother mm-hmm. when they first meet was really good. Which fighting? Huh? Which oh, I'm sorry, which fighting? Between Zhu Wenwu and the the mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, at the beginning. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Because it wasn't like your traditional they're fighting like they were, but then there were parts where it was slowed down and it was almost uh, very like beautiful and like artistic. Yeah, it was almost like a dance. Yeah. And uh, they even did that again at the end. Okay, so Brad Allen is not the person who did the... that. That is the fight cor- that's a stunt choreographer that actually recently died. Um, damn, I can't find the person's name for the fight choreography. Um, yeah, when I, I remember when I, when, I, when I first saw that scene um, with the... Between Wu and 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 Lee, um, yeah, it, I I I thought like, wow, this is like a, and that's a, that's a lot of like uh like uh, current uh, Asian like cinema films now, like like uh, like epic like battles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They they come they really come off as like a dance. Yeah. So though I don't know, I really liked it. Um, You're still looking for him too. I'm Andy Chang, because I wrote it in my review. That's why the fight choreographer was Andy Chang. That's the one who did the work for gotcha. for Shang Chi. Yeah, because I was just like, I gotta find, I gotta find, I gotta find. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the 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 I the the ending. Uh huh. Fucking dragons, motherfucking dragons. Like <laughs> like the the fight between between Win Wu and Lai Shang Chi. Like them, like battling, like with one one working with one half of the rings and the other one working with the other half of the rings was like dope enough as it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is dope, this is dope. And I was like flying around and shit. Mm-hmm. But as soon as like the dragons start coming out, I was like, that's it, fuck it. <laughs> why, <laughs> fucking, why not? <laughs> but it didn't look like a jumbled mess. It didn't look like all. Oh, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like Transformers where shit is just going on like rabbit shit. No, you saw like the dragons flying. You can see them like and trying they're to... part of the story. Exactly. They're not like a. They're not like let's just throw it in there. Like it's a reason why we, why there is the protector of this area and why this is like a tactor and shit. Well, no lie, I saw the the dragons coming mm. out and I was like, oh shit, mm. this is what Godzilla should have been. <laughs> <laughs> it should have, but unfortunately, it wasn't. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then like, uh, but like, like, but, but like, before it really popped off, that scene where uh, Wenwu and Chang Chi like 
where when we was getting like pulled by like that the 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 bad dragon, mm-hmm. and then like it's like getting the soul sucked out and everything like that. There's like that really heartfelt moment where like, because like Shang Chi, he he kind of put in his head. He was like, "Fuck, I have to like kill my father," mm-hmm. which. I'm glad they didn't shy away from the fact that like Shang Chi actually kills an individual. Yeah. Like, and, and that's and I'm and I've re- I've read the first issue of Shang Chi. Like, that's how they introduce the character. He kills his person, and that's when he realized he was like, "Holy shit!" Like, my dad's a villain. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole time, right? Um, like it it, it showed that like Shang Chi like understands that he like it, it showed that the character is flawed. You know, yeah. like it it's like he's not a perfect hero. He's not. Captain America and he's like an individual who who like let his hatred come through and just like and he has a lot of demons yeah exactly exactly um so yeah like that part where uh where like when we would like save his life and everything you get a sense of like oh shit like that's that's when he that's when he had that realization of like oh oh my god I can't remember, I've done this I've like I've potentially like destroyed my family and all that kind of shit, you know. Right. He, he had like that one last redeeming quality. Yeah. Um, there, there's one thing. I'm surprised you haven't you haven't brought it up, but um, I definitely think we should bring it up. Is the relationship between uh, Shang Chi and Katie? Mm-hmm. I was saving the best for last. Okay. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed their relationship. Like, it, it, typically you can be like, oh, this is like his love interest. They, they're, they're gonna share a kiss or a moment or something like that right mm-hmm. but like that's not how they were they were just like this is like my best friend like mm-hmm. I, this this is my ride or die bitch mm-hmm. and like how the writers are like we don't need to like have them together right to like tell like uh uh uh, uh to show that they do love each other which mm-hmm. i thought was like fucking great yeah um i feel like i've been talking most of the time at the end <laughs> uh when I, so you didn't ask me about when I got teary-eyed. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so why did you get teary-eyed? Yeah. I think it's when uh, the fight ended and mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and Katie are next to each other mm-hmm. or they're, like, together and they're, like, they're hugging. Mm-hmm. Like, the hug was almost kind of desperate, like... Really? Not desperate in the way of, like, oh, I need you, but, like, like they're so grateful that they're still alive mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they didn't lose each other oh okay you know what i mean like it was um i don't know i felt like they really cared Mm -hmm. in that like that you could feel it throughout the whole film but in that film it felt real and i think it's probably because i placed us in that i'm not gonna lie i thought of us while watching this movie a a lot yeah yeah i mean obviously you're shang chi and i'm katie You think so? You think I'm joking, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we're kind of both. Yeah, of we, them. we yeah we go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Kate, uh, Katie's offhanded comments are all me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I'm badass like Shang Chi. <laughs> My bad shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you do. Have, your dad is still alive, so you can technically like still fight him. Mine's is already dead, so I have lost. I've already lost that opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally. Like I, I do see both. I, I do see both characters as like be, switching, like going back and forth between Shang Chi and Katie. Um, 
and I think that I think that's another reason why like I connected with this movie so well. Cause I was just like, oh yeah, that's totally like my relationship with like Kelsey, like one hundred percent. You know, um, even down to like being attacked by a guy with a razor for an arm. You know, <laughs> I've been attacked many times by a knife. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, my sister's pulled knives off. Oh, that's right! Holy shit! So yeah, there you go. <laughs> which one do you think? Which one of us do you think can do the jumping kick? Not me. You want to try it? Let's record it. <laughs> oh my god! No, right? <laughs> Flashbacks of fucking Xena Warrior Princess trying to run up the wall and shit. I know. With that me, stupid yell. My my dumbass would try to do it and slip and like, oh fuck my back! <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm very jealous of like Shimu when he runs. There's this. I mean, this is like this is completely off, but like, they're like. He's a good fucking runner. Yeah, because, like, some of these, like, some of these, like, one of the reasons why I like these Marvel movies is because the heroes, they're so fucking fit. I'm, like, desperate to like, try to get back in shape and, like, be all healthy and stuff. Be like, yeah, I want to be, like, Captain America fit. I ain't ever going to fucking happen. Um, <laughs> but there's the part where, like, he's running down a hallway in, the, in that building that's in, uh, under construction. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, booking it fast. I'm like, man, I used to run that fast. Fuck. <laughs> Granted, this dude, he's like, I think he's like 31, 32 or something like that. And fit as fuck. Mm. So, I mean, if I if I try running like that, <laughs> my leg, it's gonna, my muscle's going to go, blah, nope. <laughs> That's it. I imagine your body would turn into um, the girl from, uh, what's that movie, Old? Oh, <laughs> these bones. And eventually you're just in yeah. this weird shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Before before we before we're done, um, what did you think of the uh, the post credit scenes? You have any like theories of what's going to happen or anything like that? I watched them. I don't. I don't remember them. You yet. don't remember them? No. You have to remind me. Okay. One is uh, Katie and Shang Chi. They're in like they might be in the they might be at the Karma uh with uh, with Wong. And they're like examining oh, the rings, yeah. uh-huh. and like you see uh, Bruce Banner and you see Carol Danvers, but mm-hmm. like hologram form. There was somebody else, wasn't there? No, no, it was just, oh, yeah, it was just, just those two. And how uh, Banner's like, yeah, they're not vibranium, are they Jitari? And then uh, uh, Captain Marvel was like, they're not Jitari. I've never seen anything like this. So like, and then Wong is like, yeah, when you put on the rings, Shang Chi, when you put on the rings, you like activate a beacon. We don't know to where, but it's activated now. Mm. And so that's that post credit scene. Yeah, and I was I was very excited. I, me too. Because I'm like, oh, like this is so the Avengers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like like this I bet you the beacon is for the Eternals. I've heard a theory that supposedly that might be that might have some connection to the Eternals. Yeah. Um, this guy, his name is like Ryan Airy. He does like uh, these really great videos on screen, uh, screen crush, like things you miss. What's my theory? My X Y, and they're like legit, legit. So some of them go like book fucking wild, but it like the production's really great on them. Um, yeah, I, 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 I also believe that like it has something to do with the Eternals, but we'll see more when the Eternals is released if it still gets released on time. Yeah. Um, gotta say, love Mark Ruffalo's hair. He was long he always and has great. great hair. He has great hair. Fucking hate that man because he has such great hair. <laughs> but I'm sad that fucking Carol Danvers, her hair is oh, long, long again. Yeah. yeah. I liked her hair the way it was. Yeah. One thing that 
I mean, you have to think about this. Last time we saw Banner, he was Professor Hulk. Mm-hmm. Now he's just Banner. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what happened? Yeah, what happened there? Um, one thing I heard is that when he snapped, when he did the snap, when he uh, snapped his fingers with the Infinity Stone, it sucked up most of the gamma radiation out of his body, ah. and he has problems like coming back to that. Another theory I heard, which I think is a pretty fucking good one, is that. Um, when Thanos has snapped his fingers, he saw Gamora in, like, the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a deleted scene where uh, Tony Stark snapped his fingers and he saw, like, his daughter Morgan, like, grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theory is that, and this is from Ryan Airy from Screen Crush, he said this, that when Thanos had, not Thanos, when Banner had snapped his finger, what he saw was he saw Maestro. Maestro is the deadliest form of the Hulk. He has... The strength of the Hulk and the brain of Banner, but he's like super evil and he's like pumped to like an 11. Oh, wow. Like completely psycho. So he thinks that like when he snapped his fingers, he saw that. So he did whatever he could to be like, I'm no longer the Hulk. I can't let that thing come out again. Mm-hmm. So, that, but that's, like I said, it's just a theory. Um, so the second post credit, the, the post credit scene with, uh, with a sister. She's like now the head of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. Thought that was dope. Guess what? What? I didn't see the second you didn't one. See it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so yes, she's supposed to dismantle the Ten Rings, but when they show her, kind of find out no, she's like the head. She's like the new head of the Ten Rings. That and, makes sense to and, me. And that's very comic book canon that like Shang Chi does go up against his sister in the comics. Which sucks. I hate it when they do that. That's the same thing fucking the Warriors. How do you mean? Because they find each other and she's mm. like the head of like an organization. Oh, I get you, I get you, I get you. Yeah. The, they still love each other, but like they're mm-hmm. still going to go against each other. Yeah. So it makes sense like, it makes sense like, you know, if whenever they do, an, uh, it's not if, but when they do a, a next, another Shang-Chi because this movie... It fucking it took it, it, it beat all like box office expectations. Mm-hmm. It made like ninety million dollars over the Labor Day weekend, and normally the Labor Day weekend is actually pretty slow. Really? So it made ninety million dollars at the box office. Wow! Um, and they have um, studios or, or analysts were were uh, thinking that it was gonna make about maybe like fifty million dollars, but like worldwide, it made about one hundred forty six million. Wow! Which is great, you know. But let's not forget that Black Widow also made about 150 million at the box office um but this is you can tell that shang chi is more seen favorably so i wouldn't be surprised if it just keeps climbing yeah um uh i think that's it that's all i have to say yep anything else nope all right so what we got next next we are going to do our variety time So Mark was blackmailed. I think this is the second time recently. Yes, uh, I got an email over the weekend. Actually, a couple. Of, uh, yeah, I think it was over the weekend. And the email. No, no, because you called me on Friday. Oh yeah, so it was Friday. So I got this email on Friday, and it was a a blackmail email. Oh shit. <laughs> So yes, as Kelsey said, this is actually the second time 
I got an email like this. Um, but this one was funnier. This one was funnier, and I actually regret deleting the first one because I I can't pull it up. I I wanted to I want to read it, but when I got the first one, I laughed. I was like, "You fucking kidding me? This, this is bullshit, right?" <laughs> and I deleted it, right? And then I was like, "Okay." A part of me was like, "Okay, I hope I get another one." <laughs> I and you did. And I did. Fucking who says dreams doesn't come true? Who says wishes don't happen? <laughs> Where John Cena? Grant me my fucking wish, John Cena. Hmm. Anyway, all right. So I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read this email, and we're just gonna go ahead and just go into it. This email comes from Rama Woods, right? <laughs> um, I don't have his email address. Uh, exactly, but it came from AOL.com. <laughs> Who the fuck uses AOL.com anymore? Hackers. Um, ha- hackers <laughs> or like people like overseas, probably in like in third world countries and shit like that. Mm. So this is how the <laughs> this is how the email goes. Mark, you agree with the statistics, which claims that everybody once in a while wank off. But right now, I'm not interested in other people. We are going to speak particularly about you. For the blackmail material with this habit, it's only in relation to you. Your your hobby is similar to a drug addiction. Apparently, I have a hobby of just jacking off. I know. I go to, like, jack-off cons. (laughs) (laughs) I go to, like, I I get jack-off digest magazine. Maybe that's what's wrong with your back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking too much of my fluids out and shit. Ah, my back's cracking. (laughs) So the email continues. It could be said that you're sick. First of all, spelled you're sick with U apostrophe R-E. Okay. I think the U, the only U that's been spelled correctly is the one that says in relation to you. Everything yeah. else is U, the letter U. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I think I'm going to... Hold on. Where is yeah, you're, no, right. no, no. you're at the right spot. No, no, no. The relationship. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think, I think I'm going to grant you 45H, mean hours, to meet my requirements. I get this on Friday. 45 hours. Was it? Was it? 40, 45 hours. Not even a total two days. Yeah, not 48 hours. 45 hours. So I got, I got two days. And I got a day and like some change. If they give you 51 hours, it'd be like they're giving you three extra hours. Uh, yeah, but yeah. they took three hours away. Okay. So the email continues. You may try to plead me, but after sending this text, I will delete this address. <laughs> How do you know it's from me now? Exactly. Um, and this person uh, wrote like a dash coin code or something. I did. I sure shit did not look. I'm like, I don't need somebody hacking to my computer. Um, so they so they give me this dash coin dash coin code. Or sorry, this code. I'm sorry, address to to drop off a dash coin, whatever, a bitcoin, whatever. I bet your reputation is worth my requirements of. <laughs> no, not even of. Oh yeah, worth my requirements. One one seven zero USD. <laughs> Couldn't put the comma, and the fact that it said USD was mm-hmm. about United States dollar. That's USD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lets me to believe that like this came from like. Outside of the United States. Yeah. No one writes like, I mean, people people write stupidly like this, but no one uses, in the United States, uses USD. Um, for you to understand the magnitude of the problem, I saved the context from your electronic mail. 
electronic <laughs> mail. This person was born in the 70s. Yeah. And I'm going to share your clip with your loved ones. I don't know yet the additional method I'm going to share your video. You're going to share it, but you don't know how you're going to share it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Plan's getting pretty faulty, dude. In case you ignore me, within 90 age, excuse me, hours, you're, <laughs> this part is so funny, your prestige is going to be totally destroyed in the sight of men. <laughs> Maybe I can't see your prestige because I'm not a man. <laughs> like, is it only a thing? Like, it's like a magical, like, glass. Like, if you give me glasses, like, in um, They Live, uh, will I get to oh. see your prestige? <laughs> yeah, you'll see my prestige. <laughs> I had posted this comment on my on my personal Facebook page. And a whole, um, James, the homie James. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Zeus. The homie Zeus commented. He was like, "Holy shit, man! You're at prestige level. That's that's some fucking that's some heavy shit." You know, I think he was making reference to video games. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was make- like, "I didn't even get to that prestige." Yet. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck, I didn't know that." That too. I was thinking of the prestige, the movie, the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> My prestige is going to be totally destroyed in the sight of men. Mm-hmm. But they're all white old men, so I know. Don't care. I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't <laughs> care if they're not white old men. My perceives, looking in all his glory, love it. If I if, if <laughs> okay, so the email goes on. I can suggest. I'm sorry. The electronic mail goes on. I can suggest you to hide the webcam of your device while practicing the things like that. Nobody guarantees that your device is safe from outside intervention. Faithfulness to your lover is the best protection against a situation like the. the. <laughs> T H A. They forgot the T. <laughs> No period either. It no was like period. They just stopped typing. It's almost written like in like, <laughs> like poetic kind of form with like one line, one line, what like cut off here, one line. It, it, so it looks funny. Um, I, I, I told I told my girlfriend about this email and she was. I'm sorry. I keep saying email, electronic mail. I feel like I have to correct myself. She was fucking laughing her ass off. I, my only regret, seriously, my only regret is reading this electronic mail to Kelsey, like, the moment I got it. I really wish I was just like, oh, no, no, I got a surprise for you, and we'll be like, read it, like, get your own reaction. <laughs> um, but. I was actually speechless for, like, a few seconds. Oh, really? You, I was like, what? I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> like, it's really funny, but, like, like, someone actually wrote this? Yeah. And here's and, the thing. It's <laughs> second one <laughs> like and, and and like the way how they got my email and they, and they like they got my first name and everything which is which it's not in my email but I'm sure you can find it in my email profile my email this this particular email that they sent it to is like my uh, public email like you can you can actually see this email on screengeek.net so I'm like not worried about this at all like I have like a, I have an actual private private email that like I rarely gave up only for like business there's um, something that happened to me a few years ago mm-hmm. when I was working at UPS. Yeah. And I got a phone call. It was one of those phone calls that was like, 
you have student loan debt that's outstanding and you're going to get oh, arrested yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and you're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. This person had a very heavy accent. Mm-hmm. I don't know from where. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But they, they kept telling me this and I'm like, okay, but like they told me an address or something. They're like, you know, we've tried mailing you at this address, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that address? That's the address. I don't live there anymore. I put that on my fucking resume, yeah, which yeah. is online. Yeah, so that's where they got. That's so um, that, that's immediately my first thought. I was like, "You're a fucking idiot. Get away from me!" <laughs> and I like, I started laughing in his face. Like, <laughs> so like, yeah. what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. Actually, um, I don't. I think like maybe a couple of days prior to this, I had got a uh, a phone call. Like normally, if I get a, if I get a call and if it's a number i just don't recognize like all my contacts are on my phone right so obviously if like somebody calls boom i see the name right most of the time if it's like a number i just don't recognize i don't answer at all they mm-hmm. just leave a voicemail now i will call them back right i got an email not i mean email i got a, a call and i knew this was a scam because it it only rang once mm-hmm. um and then immediately jumped to voicemail and it was saying that like oh student loan debt forgiveness and stuff like that right mm-hmm. and i was like I don't have any student loans. What the fuck is any of this shit? Like, I had one. I had a student loan, but it's, it got paid off. Right. So that's one. Another thing is, over the weekend, while I was out jogging, I got a text saying that my J.P. Morgan account had been compromised. <laughs> Click on this link. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I don't have shit like that. Yeah. Um, so I, apparently, I'm just being hit all over the place, like phone call, text, and, and electronic. You know, email. at work... Mm-hmm. We don't get very many phone calls on our our business line anymore. We yeah. get like, "Don't hang up." Oh yeah. And then they'll start talking about something. I don't even. I'm just hang up because I don't know what the fuck they want. But yeah. it's it's automated. Yeah, like they're like waiting for your response to like uh, cater their response to like how to get information out of you and shit. Maybe, but it's definitely pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's got this weird buzzy sound. Oh yeah, like the long pauses is always like a, a sh- is a huge tale of like, all right, this is like a robocall or just is like some no, scam. but it's like buzzy over their voice, like it sounds oh, like, like crackly or yeah. something. Yeah. <sighs> so, I mean, <laughs> I got I got blackmailed. Apparently, I got blackmailed. I think this is fucking hilarious. I can't wait to share this with my class on Wednesday. The teacher asks, like, oh, what happened in the world today? Anything interesting happened to anybody? Uh-huh. Cannot wait to bring this up. <laughs> so we're going to fucking talk about this. And now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of Akira Kurosawa's Ran. This film came out in 1985, and the synopsis is In medieval Japan, an elderly warlord retires, handing over his empire to his three sons. However, he vastly underestimates how the newfound power will corrupt them and cause them to turn on each other and him. Directed by Akira Kurosawa, it's also written by him, Hideo Oguni, and Masato Ide. 
It stars Tatsuya Nakadai, Akira Tarao, Jinpachi Nesu, Daisuke Ryu, and Mieko Harada. Yes. (laughs) I approve. You approve? I approve. This message. Never saw Ran before. Um, we decided to do this for our geriatric cinematic. Um, we ha- we have done a Kurosawa film. What did we do? We did Rashomon. Mm-hmm. We did Rashomon. Um, so I-, I remember hearing about this movie, but it kind of put me off a little bit when I would see the pictures because the colors were kind of like weird, weird to me or something like that. Um, but they did corrections mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. So, um, I am very happy to say that, like, you know, Kelsey and and I checked out this movie, and, I mean, myself, I fucking love this movie. I think it might be, like, my favorite Kurosawa film. Um, And I used to be, like, a huge, huge Seven Samurai fan. Mm -hmm. Um, You used to be? And I say I used to be because I think Ran might be my fucking favorite movie. (laughs) But I think you could still be a fan of that and a fan of this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. You're right. No. Thank you for correcting me. I'm dumb. We got it. We got it. Uh, well, okay, top spot. I think Ram might might be in my top spot. You gotcha. know, but I gotta obviously I gotta go through more of his films because I haven't watched everything of Kurosawa's. Um, but the most important things we gotta find out. What did Kelsey think about it? I like almost love it. Almost love it. Okay, you're just like yeah. We all right it's all right it's no it's more than all right it's it's very good mm-hmm. um there are some things about it that i love and other things that i'm just maybe it's like a cultural thing that i don't understand mm-hmm. um i think it goes on kind of a long time mm-hmm. also like there was 25 minutes left of the film and i'm like i'm gonna go to bed <laughs> like i know we have 25 minutes left but i'm fucking tired yeah and you you did start kind of late with this movie right then you start like maybe eight o'clock or some shit yeah and i was like oh, i'll be done you know i think i started a quarter after seven mm. but i stopped after like an hour and a half yeah. to go get my kid medicine yeah and then i came back mm. um and in those 25 minutes i probably could have just finished the film before bed but you know but you're tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this movie's this movie's close to three hours long. There have been a couple of times I I actually did stop it because I was like, all right, I need to go to the bathroom, I need to get a drink, I need to kind of eat something or whatever. Mm. Um, but uh, that didn't that didn't take so much away uh, away f- that, that it didn't take so much away from me like how great this movie is. Um, like this 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 was like Kurosawa's like last like epic film mm-hmm. um so he like purposely like went balls to the wall crazy um like this at the time this was like the most expensive movie 12 million dollars mm-hmm. at that time it was like a lot that's probably like 100 million in today's dollars or some shit like that compared yeah. to studios um kurosawa did say that like uh let me see there's a great uh quote that i saw um this was from American author Donald Ricci, uh, who wrote a lot about like Japanese cinema and stuff like that. This is from an article called Chaos Reign, Akira Kurosawa's Ran. Um, in the article, Ricci said that Kurosawa has stated that I'll, I will put all my remaining energy into this movie. He was like 70 years old while oh, making this movie. Okay. And he was going blind. Wow. Like, 
yeah, like I think I think I think I've, I've read reports that he was like nearly blind. Maybe that's why it was such a great movie mm-hmm. because he was old too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have said that like this movie is like like the character of uh, what's his name, Lord, Lord Hiratora. Yeah, Lord Hiratora. It it said that like that is Kurosawa. That he saw himself as that character, mm-hmm. kind of like this long legacy, and the bodies that were like used to build this legacy, and like how he has, like how he leaves it, and how it would be remembered mm-hmm. for his like legacy. Um, so, what did you think of the uh, the the direction from Kurosawa? Um, I thought it was really good. Uh-huh. He um, he did a pretty good job telling the side of the story from every angle mm-hmm. because you have the father but you have each of the three sons and then there was another person that wasn't his son that he that thought he was going to end up taking over because his sons weren't mm-hmm. worthy okay what was his name uh not tango tango was uh Soboto's assistant um but it was the one that um saburo i think was going to go stay with Oh yeah, uh I can't oh uh Fujimaki, I think that's who he was. Yeah. I think it was Fujimaki. So he So they ended up working together, right? right like mm. they they do a really good job of even as so much as showing like the court dresser. Like oh, yeah. his side of the story in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um even though, like, the court jester could have, like, dipped the fuck out. Because he had, like, no... He kind of did want to. Yeah, yeah. But, like, he... Even, even like, given the chance for him to leave, he couldn't leave... He couldn't leave... Uh, the dude's name? Hiratora? Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't even leave him. Even though, like, it, it, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. You know, in a kind of a fucked up way. Yeah. Um, anything, any of the scenes, any scene in particular that, like, sticks out with you? The... There's one where Lord Hiratora um, is talking to Sue, mm-hmm. and um, like he goes to see her, and there's like a sunset, and she um, was it Sue or was it uh, Kadi? Some of the rooftop scene, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought it was Sue. It, it might have been Sue. I'm probably I'm probably getting my minds mixed up. But go on, go on. Um. Or maybe it was um, Katie, or however you say her name, mm-hmm. because she, whoever he was talking to, um, he had. Um, he's like, every time I see you, mm-hmm. you look so sad, and um, I feel like you, you know, anything is better than that. Mm-hmm. Like you to look at me like you're sad, like be angry, hate me, whatever. Yeah. Um, but she is always looking sad, so um, I like that scene just because it's just really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting too how she doesn't react. <laughs> oh, she, yeah! Like even like even like the way how that shot is, it's like it's kind of like half silhouette, but you can still kind of make out the characters and their like their facial expression. Mm-hmm. But even if you couldn't make out the facial expression, you could still get like the mood and then like the way Sway was like thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's that moment, there's that shot um, and that scene where like he, she like, you know, she greets him. She like kneels down to him and everything. She like, and he like says like, Oh, this is not everything. And he like, she like looks up and you got a sense of like, Oh, that smile is fucking like, 
<laughs> eerie. Something's wrong with that smile or some shit like yeah. that. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. That's how I smile all the time. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely afraid of that. that whenever that smile comes around, I'm like, oh, God, everything's going to burn down like these castles in this movie. Um, I think there was one of the castles burning that I... You, when you were watching the movie, you said there was one castle that you saw that you was a great shot. Mm-hmm. But I saw one that was a great shot, but then after that, I saw others that were... I think even better. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, and it, like a lot of the castle burning scenes, mm-hmm. also um, all of the the um, heroes men falling off the horses. Mm-hmm. That was one for me. Um, mm-hmm. When they are coming up the castle where Lord Hiratora is sitting, where it's burning and he's sitting upstairs. Yeah. Um, those scenes because it's so brutal. Yeah. Um, those are really great. Yeah, that scene in particular, that's the one I was referring to, when he's kind of like coming down the stairs, and, mm. like, the men are, like, sep- they, like, yeah. split and everything, like, Hiro's and, and, uh, what's the homeboy's name? Uh, Toro's men, they're on, like, their sides and stuff like that. Like, they've burned this dude's castle, and, like, his legacy, not his legacy, but, like, his reign is, like, dead, like, no more. And they are still, they still have enough respect for him to be like, you know what? We're not going to kill you. We're going to clear this path because clearly you've gone fucking mad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there were other castles where they had different, more artistic shots. Like yeah. that one was just telling a story, I think, mm-hmm. and it was very um, zoomed out. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And especially, I think, on purpose, they did so much type of grayscale with the castles mm-hmm. and the landscape oh, that yeah. the colors really popped out. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, some of the other castles burning later on, I think, are uh, more artistic, and mm-hmm. I like them, too. Yeah, even, like, the level of artistic merit that uh, Kurosawa's done with this movie when, like, they're showing the siege, and there's, like, no sound. It's just music, and it adds, like, a level of, like, being horrified. Mm-hmm. Like, like you got a sense, you almost got a sense of, like, what, like, is going through uh, Hirotora's mind. Um of just like everything's dead, like all sound is no more. All you just see is like nothing but violence and like blood and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie, one of the things this movie is really known for is that the extras. There's like fourteen hundred extras in this movie. Yeah, I believe it. Two hundred horses to get all the costumes. All the costumes, no lie, were fucking handmade. Uh, they were yeah, they were handmade. It took over two years to make all those costumes. God forbid somebody lose or gain weight. Oh, I know. <laughs> Shit. That's worse than getting ready for a, a fucking wedding gown. Yeah, exactly. I have to, like, keep it this weight level exactly. For two years. Yeah, either, like, exactly or, like, a little less. I can't go, like, any higher and shit like that. Um, so, one thing that, like, I've seen a lot when, it, when I did my research in this movie was that a lot of people... Um, say this is like inspired by king lear william shakespeare's king lear and i mean even i said that i was like oh yeah i heard this is by you know he was inspired by king lear all this kind of stuff what happened was that kurosawa he came up with this idea in the mid-1970s right and he actually storyboard everything like he paint because he was like an avid painter before he became a director so he painted everything it took him 10 years to do all this right and what happened was that he came across his uh this story of this uh 
of this uh, called the Sengoku period warlord named uh, Morio uh, Motonari. Um, and he, th- there's a story of this warlord, and he had three children, but the three children were very loyal to his father. So he was like, well, let me take that premise and like reverse it and mm-hmm. see if we go like that. And during the process of the writing, that's where like it kind of started turning into King Lear because he was he was actually unaware of the play like in the midst of the writing and I guess he kind of like kind of got into it he was like oh and it just so happens like they were matching mm-hmm. um, so that's where like I think that's where like that King Lear inspired by King Lear like keeps coming around like oh yeah he saw King Lear or, or heard it and was like boom he actually came up with the idea first mm-hmm. um, but and it kind of speaks volume of like how how like great stories aren't relegated to like one person mm. or to like one type of person or, or one time period or one time period yeah you can actually take this you can like you can take king lear and make it present you can take rand and make it present it just depending on like it's just like now here's a cell phone now here's a car you know yeah um but it still is like a dramatic story of like a father like going mad his sons fighting over for power uh plot um like I, the the person's past coming back to like haunt them and like kind of like fuck with them and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's like a tale that can be retold in different variations. Mm-hmm. Um, which speaking of which, what do you think of the writing? I thought the writing was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they there wasn't. I know there was a lot of dialogue, but there were a lot of scenes without it too, and mm-hmm. I thought that was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a clear distinction between the brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the only thing that I don't know that well about is, and I wanted to get your take. Mm. Um, I don't feel like, what was I going to say? There was something about the father handing his everything over to his sons mm-hmm. um oh i was wondering if you thought that lord hiratora or the sons if any of them were in the right or any of them were in the wrong because i saw i heard you saying how you thought that they had turned his sons had turned on him mm-hmm. and i had seen that in the um in the synopsis, mm-hmm. but I don't really see it as black and white. Mm, okay. So I wanted to get your take on that. Um, you mean if like their turn, if it was right, or if their turn was wrong, like if they were, like if like if they were correct to turn on the father, is that what you're getting at? Uh, yeah, or mm. or if they were, you know, I guess because what really made me question it was when the father went to go see i think hero mm-hmm. and he was like or no not one of the brothers he was staying with and he's like oh all of his men are oh yeah it was hero yeah yeah they're so loud and you know yeah they have to be like outside the gates they can't come in and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and also how um his wife now like everyone bows to her instead of to his concubines or whatever mm, okay um, the, to me, I think a lot of people would say that that's 
the son turning on the father, but I honestly, mm. to me, is like, I think that's how it works. Like, if you hand over power, mm-hmm. then everyone bows down to the other person. Also, mm. if your men are really fucking boisterous and causing, like, every, you know, like, people not to be able to sleep and stuff, if you're causing, like, a disturbance, mm-hmm. then they need to stay outside the gate. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know what I, I mean? You, I got you, I got you. Um... I think maybe he mm. started taking it wrong and then mm. causing trouble. I think okay, so I I can't really say if I can't really say if they're right or the wrong. I think there's uh, there's obviously a bit more nuance in it um, because Hidetora like like when like because like at the beginning of the movie when we first like encounter like this family they're like they're essentially sitting they're sitting down they're out in the open they're like enjoying like uh like a meal with like other uh like generals or whatever or other people who like own land and stuff like that right mm-hmm. and then the father falls asleep and he wakes up and he's like oh i had this dream this is what the dream is and it's told me i gotta give my you know I, i'm gonna give up my power and give it to my kids because now it's their time but he's like smiles and all this kind of stuff right which mm-hmm. seems like a very kind of like oh that's a very noble thing for you to do to realize that like my time has come now it's for me to pass on my uh my power to like the next legacy or the next error right yeah um, but then, like one of, I, I think it was, I th- think it was, uh, what's his name, uh, Togo, who pointed this out, uh, Tango. I think Tango had pointed this out, or somebody else had said, like, like you have destroyed lives to get to where you're at, like mm-hmm. pretty much, re- like, and that's like telling me or the audience like no this dude's not noble as fuck like he's done some dirty ass shit right mm-hmm. and obviously we explore that further with uh lady uh Kadeh and lady uh suye um and like the fact that like he burned down like another family's castle and like caused like the brother to gouge his eyes out and stuff like mm-hmm. that i think that was i honestly think that if he had never given power given power if he had died this would have still happened mm-hmm. i think inherently it was his past catching up to him so i think it's like 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 a thing like if you're if you if you laid out so many bodies to get to where you're at it that's that's not going to stop now the body will be piled upon you so i can't really say if like hiro or 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 uh what's the homeboy's name or toro was like in the right or in the wrong i think it was like kind of like like what did you expect like this was going to happen like the fact that how Toto was like he he was the head of this clan mm-hmm. but like he really wasn't and how like uh Keda uh uh Keda was like no you should be like totally head of this clan like what, what are you doing you don't have the power you know that's like her manipulating kind of way which is another of how the fa- what the father did in the past is like bleeding into like what's currently happened mm-hmm. um and then same thing with Hiro Hiro took his opportunity and killed his brother, which is really fucked up. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you seem like they seemed like they were really close. Exactly. They were it, on each other's side. Exactly. Like they 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 joined for forces to take over, like to like destroy their father's castle to like take over. Right. The only noble one, which I'm I'm so curious to find. Like I I almost want a prequel to like see this family as like they're growing up. Mm-hmm. How Soru like went out to get his father and you would think that he would be the one to bring down his father because that huge conflict they had near the end and then he banished him yeah exactly he even said it he like 
like Sobru like televises what's going to happen when he has the three uh, arrows. arrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dad's like he gives the three arrows to Toro, he gets three arrows to Hiro, and they can't break it. But Sobru is like, no, dude, like just give it enough pressure, it will break. Mm-hmm. And that was the pressure that was needed from Toro and Hiro mm-hmm. to like for that legacy to essentially that that clan to be like destroyed. Right. So I don't know if that kind of answers your question. I mean, no, no. <laughs> it does. Mm. I think, I think you're going over like overall answer. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the father was. We're both saying the same thing, yeah. but I'm getting into the little details, and yeah. you're getting into the more overarching like mm. issues. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to the fact that you know, he has no courtesy for when people need to go to bed. I'm not getting that joke. You know, because he was staying with his son and his men and him were boisterous. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, that's the catalyst. You know, his little asshole <laughs> his, keeping his, everyone up at night. Yeah, his asshole, man. Like, thanks, guys. You ended <laughs> your boisterous attitude fucking destroyed my family. I yeah. appreciate it, guys. <laughs> um, so, one thing, like, I. Um, what else? I, there's something else I, I definitely want to point Oh! Okay, so, you know, um, Kuros, okay, oh, okay, I can remember, I gotta just remember. Lady Kade. Mm-hmm. Gangster. Yes. Full-on gangster. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, when she was, like, going, like, when she was kind of, like, trying to manipulate uh, Taro, and then when she, like, was sleeping with Hiro and stuff like that, I was like, oh, that's... And then, she, you know, I was like, this bitch is kind of scandalous, right? Mm-hmm. And then she was, like, telling Hito, like, well, I'll keep your secret, but you got to kill your wife. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, if I remember her, that was her sister. Like, what, like, they were from the same clan, weren't they? I think they were. Yeah. So I was just like, that's pretty fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, all that kind of stuff, okay? And... You know, everything that happened, like, Suye got killed, like, Hiro's, like, like, Hiro's forces were, like, falling up, like, falling apart and everything. The father got mad and everything like that. But, like, when I, when I, like, put my hands up, I was like, this woman is fucking badass. Was, uh, Kurigane, where, where, like, fucking Hiro's castle's, like, being seized by, like, Sobodo's men and, like, the people he teamed up with and shit like that. And then when with uh, Kara, I think it's Karage. Kayabe. Yeah, Kayage. Um, when that him and Hiro came in, and then she was just like, "Yeah, like I wanted all this to happen. Like I wanted this castle because she was proclaiming like about the castle that she was in. She was like, this was like my family's castle. Mm-hmm. Like I was born here. I, I want to die here, right? Mm-hmm. She, she, she got what got, she wanted. She got her fucking wish. But still, like the way how like Karage was just like. Like, she told him, um, she told him, like, yeah, like, I wanted this to happen. You got this, your clan. Like, I got what I set out to yeah, achieve. Yeah, your clan is dead. Your family, dead. And Karagi was like, fuck, chopped her head off. And still, she won. <laughs> she yeah. still fucking won. Yeah, and they have no chance now of, you know, defeating her. Yeah. Because they killed her. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Hudo's like... I actually really like the fact that they didn't show Hito die. Mm. They, but like it's straight, pretty much assumed like yeah he's dead, mm-hmm. like flat out he's dead. Um, even though like they had all died, the brother, um, what was the brother's name? 
Tutu uh, Tetsumora. That he's the only, it's so like that client still survived, mm-hmm. even though like the castle's burned down and all that kind of stuff. He's the still, blind guy. Yeah, he's still like the one remaining member that's still around. <laughs> I was like, the guy, the, she got it. She still won. Yeah. Um, I guess he's the lord now. Yeah, the lord, the lord of dirt. <laughs> so this was the movie that finally got. Uh, Akira Kurosawa nominated for an Oscar. Really? Out of the decades of movies he's done. The movies that inspired so many other movies. Uh, Yojimbo, Rashomon, Seven Samurai. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the castle movie. It's the one that, the one that fucking inspired Star Wars. Um, this was the movie that actually got nominated for directing, cinematography, and costume design. Uh, oh, and art direction. Um, it still didn't win. Jesus. I know! Like, how could that not win? I want to know what it was up against. Probably some garbage-ass movies. I know. I think we we went down that road one time. <laughs> yeah, we're seriously. Like, what? <laughs> like, they're, that got nominated? Okay. Um, so, I, I want to I rig up the, the, the compare and contrast between Ran and King Lear. So there are some crucial differences between the two stories. Uh, King Lear is a play about undeserved suffering, and Lear himself is the worst of fool. Um, Hidetora, by contrast, has been a cruel warrior for most of his life, a man who has ruthlessly murdered men, women, and children to achieve his goals. And Ran, Lady Kade, Lady Suya, and Tosumo, uh, well are or were all victims of uh, Hidetora. Uh, we're saying King Lear, the care, the character of. Gloucester, Gloucester. Had, Gloucester, thank you. Gloucester had his eye gouged out by Lear's enemies, and ran. It was Hirotoda himself who gave the order to blind the uh, Sudamaru. Um, the role of the fool is expanded into a major character in Ran, and Lady Kadei serves as an uh, as the equivalent of Goneril. Goneril, thank you. But is given more complex and important, and and an important character. Uh, Kurosawa concerned was concerned that Shakespeare gave his characters no past, and he wanted to give his versions, his version of King Lear, a history. Ah. I, I've never read King Lear. I want to read it now, mm-hmm. but something's telling me like something's telling me I would like. I still You're would like. Be disappointed. Yeah, I would still like Rand more than uh, than King Lear. It's funny. Akira Kurosawa was like. Yeah, I see, I see what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it better. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to give them a history. Fuck your version. I know. I'm going to give these characters some serious nuance. I'm going to make this story fucking amazing. I'm going to have two people on a podcast discover <laughs> this movie for the first time and just going to be blown away. <laughs> Eat that Shakespeare. He knew what a podcast was going to be before yeah, it was I know. invented. Way ahead of his time. Funny story about Shakespeare. He has an IMDb page. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not even joking. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Remember that guy from Sleep Number that everyone said looked like Shakespeare? Oh, yeah. Yes. The one that everyone kept yeah, picking on yeah. me that he liked me, yeah, but. Yeah, the creep, yeah. He was fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he looked like Shakespeare. That's true. You know what? If we were, if you and I were still working there, I would have went up to him and be like, hey, so what did you think of Ren? He's inspired by your stories, King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, the way how to like really help with these battle scenes, Kurosawa, even though Kurosawa was like almost blind, he relied on Ishiro Honda, 
uh, for the battle sequence. Ishiro Honda is well known. He because Honda Honda has experience as a sol- soldier, so he coordinated the formations. Uh, Ishiro Honda, his most well known piece of work is the Godzilla movies. Oh, okay. he's the one who did Gojira. Uh, so it's like a bit of like, you know, it's it's like it's like when Scorsese and Spielberg hang out or some shit like that. It's just that kind of thing of yeah. like, oh yeah, these 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 legendary directors were like still asked for help and still like knew each other and like mm-hmm. hung out and shit like that. Um, so uh, Kelsey, do you think this movie still holds up? Yes. And why is that? Because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because. It tells a great story about family turning against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of battle, a lot of violence and blood. Um, it's artistic. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of like shock and awe as far as how the, the mm-hmm. story twists and turns. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like a, like a gourd in the wind. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna take what you said. I'm very. I, I'm sorry. I'm very amused by his, the court jester. How he was dancing. Yeah, on oh board. yeah, that uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take what you said and go reverse it and say it does not hold. No, I'm joking. It still holds up. It was. It was so good that when I got done watching it the first time, I almost like hit replay just to watch it all over for another three hours for another three hours it was getting late i was like eh, let me go watch some kung fu films or some shit like that um yeah i still think it's hold up it's it's the the tale is really timeless um it look it still looks fucking great i think they like they've done a 4k restoration of this. that's the one that i watched um so it's still fucking phenomenal like i said like a lot of people um when i was announcing this on our social media accounts there's a lot of people who are just like oh, this is my favorite Kurosawa film. This is his best work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of people know Kurosawa for, like I said, for Seven Samurai. And Fortress. I think it's called The Fortress. Green Fortress? I got to find, oh, before I continue, I have to find the Kurosawa film. Okay. It's called, da, 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 not Rashomon. I do. Hidden Fortress. Oh, there okay. you go. That's the one that inspires Star Wars. I'm oh, sorry, go on. I do like Rashomon better. Oh, than this? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I think I can relate to that story a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think like... But I like I think it's great still. Like, I really like Ran. But. Yeah, I, I think when Rashomon, this is more like like lower level. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... Uh, smaller, it's smaller scale. That's what I'm going with. It's more of a smaller scale and more for like a intimate story. Mm-hmm. While this one is more like epic and like a major kind of like big like yeah. studio produced. So way. you can't so, really compare them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think it still holds up. I th- really think people. I, I I I don't doubt that people have like put this in like schools, like class, like college studies, like filmmaking studies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's a great piece of uh, cinema. Yes. Uh, anything else? Nope. All right, so that's going to be our show for this week, folks. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us. We especially like thank the people over at Your Entertainment Corner uh, for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, our lovely co-host, Kelsey, does write for them occasionally. Um, I really want, I really can't wait to read like your next review. I like reading your review. This is like... It's like... 
because like your knowledge of like film isn't like so massive so you just look at, at like a really like logistics logistics but more like <laughs> you really focus on like the story just does not make sense you're not you don't easily get like distracted with like oh like the shiny penny thing is never going to happen to you yeah like ever yeah um so i i can't wait for your uh, next review to come up um but, you know, in the meantime, you know, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, go to your, yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, you can find this podcast on all podcast catchers. That's what you're listening on. You're good to go. Uh, next week, uh, our recent review will be Kate, uh, which is streaming on Netflix September the 10th. Um, the action film starring Mary Winston, I think's the actress name. Um. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winston. There you go. Winstead. Winstead. Yeah, Winstead. All right. Uh, So with that, we're going to do our geriatric cinematic, which will be 1998's Run, Lola, Run, uh, which is available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) The topic for that week is that motherfucking clock. <laughs> um, so, like I said, we want to thank everybody for for joining us. We bid you guys adieu uh, before we take off and we leave a nice little story. Um, so, as a child, I was seen as a bad influence, which is funny because Kelsey's daughter and I were having a conversation about this, and I told her about my past, somewhat of my past, of my being a being seen as a bad influence. Mm. Um, However, there were people who I hung out who were way worse than me, but yet I was still seen as a bad influence. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I found this out because one day, uh, years and years later, I caught up with one of my friends. We were just talking and everything. And he told me, he was like, yeah, man, remember like, you know, you thought like my dad liked you and everything. And my mom liked you. I was like, yeah. And they were like, no, no, no. Like you were a bad influence. Like they really thought like you were going to not do well in life. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up. And then I remembered uh, a scene from Ren. Because the words that came out of me were, some people can get along fine without God, but everyone seems to need a devil. <laughs>